0: Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school, business practices, and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Remember when Schoolhouse Rock taught us how a bill becomes law, they did it in such a fun way. I feel like we need a little more of that in our lives today because, let's face it, there's really nothing normal about some of the legislation being discussed on Capitol Hill these days. Take, for example, the South Dakota versus Wayfair case. It's all about sales tax and nexus and kind of boring. That is until you really get into the details of the case and what the implications are for businesses nationwide. Ray's state and local tax services team recently visited Washington, D.C., during the month of April and sat in on the Supreme Court to hear opening arguments on this particular case. On today's episode of Unsuitable, we're glad to have Joe Pop and Scotty Z, state and local tax ninjas, back on the podcast to talk about their experience and explain why this case matters to businesses everywhere, regardless of where they're located. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Joe and Scotty Z. Good to be back. Thanks, Dave. Always
1: great to be with you again.
0: It's, um, it's good. We, we need to dive into a couple topics here. You know, uh, I would imagine that uh, 99, almost 100% of our listeners on the podcast have never been uh, to a Supreme Court oral opening arguments. argument, or, oral arguments. And, and you took a team. Tell us a little bit about that. How many from uh, Ray and Associates attended?
1: Sure. So none of us uh, had been to the uh, Supreme Court either. And so we we're definitely part of that 99%, at least until a few weeks ago. So we had five team members from the state and local team join us uh, at the Supreme Court. It was a really great time. We had to stand outside in line, you know, no uh, no guest seats for us. And so we met some really interesting people. Some folks from Amazon were there, a lot of lawyers, a lot of tax nerds. I think I referenced in the last... Uh, Last podcast episode that when salt nerds get together, we party and we talk about these kind of things. So we had that. Pretty exciting. Yeah. We we had that at 4 a.m. outside uh, of the Supreme Court, along with some new friends. So it was a good time. There you go.
0: There you go. So you were there in line at 4 a.m. So so take me inside the chambers there with the Supreme Court. Were you guys uh, intimidated as you sat there?
2: Uh, Being there for the first time, definitely. I mean, it's a massive place. Obviously, without the directions of the thousands of guards in there, I wouldn't have known where to go or what to do. So, yeah. but actually, it was a it was a really good experience actually seeing the justices at work, what they actually do, and seeing a course uh, um, a case live. Sure, it was, it was definitely a experience. How many
0: uh, how many people were in the room? Would you say
2: there were probably about. Uh, 300, mm-hmm. 300. Maybe. Okay. 300 so people.
0: you're an exclusive guest.
1: Uh, yes, we were an uh, exclusive guest yeah. among, uh, many others. Yes. Yeah.
0: Is, um, is this like, uh, a, a sporting event when, uh, you know, one of the, uh, you like what you hear, can you like, yeah, let's go clap, yell, <laughs> hold up a sign?
2: <clears throat> uh, no, complete opposite. Uh, any whispers in the courtroom, the guards are on point and Looking at you, warning you. Next thing is you're going to be out of the court and in contempt. So, yeah, definitely no cheering or anything like that. Yeah,
0: I, I could see that putting that on your uh, on your resume. That um, arrested for whispering in the Supreme <laughs> Court hearing. You guys would be famous.
1: We uh, we came close actually. As we were listening to some of the oral arguments, you know, it became clear that some of the attorneys, not salt people. Didn't really get some of the the finer details of the case uh, in terms of the experience that we have working at Rain Associates. So we kind of see a different piece of the puzzle than a lot of those guys that were arguing in front of the justices mm. see, um, because we're in it every day. We're in it um, with our clients. We're in it with our prospects, and we see it from a different angle. So we're not, you know. Looking at the issue from uh, uh, necessarily from the same perspective that they were, so it was kind of interesting. And we had to restrain ourselves a couple times. There were a couple of uh, very burly-looking uh, security little guards, bouncers, that uh, you know they they were doing the whole complete hand motions, like when the justices you know came in. He did one of these for those of you on the, the YouTube. He was like, you know, all dramatic and uh, and seancy, kind of a little bit. So yeah. it was it was good. It was good. Yeah, uh, it was. uh one of those things that you you look at that branch of government, and sometimes you're like, yeah, okay, it's a bunch of judges, but uh, it was it was definitely very professional.
0: Yeah. yeah, security at a high level. As you went in, couldn't do the cell phone and any of that, and nope. just nope. had to sit there like you were in church. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: no electronics, nothing that beeped, nothing metallic.
2: Yeah, I so, think the only thing you were allowed in was a, a pad of paper and a pen or what? a pencil. So. Great
0: experience. Yeah, it was great. Very great. Appreciate you going on behalf of uh, our clients in, in the firm. I think uh, we'll get into the uh, the case here uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly want to welcome you guys back uh, to the podcast. I know you're you're, you're frequent uh, guest, and and part of that is because your ratings are so high when you're always on the show. And when your ratings are high, that means I get a little bit extra in my paycheck. <laughs> so I like when you guys are uh, on the on the show. So appreciate you coming back, but uh, let's talk about this South Dakota versus Wayfair, and you know what exactly um, that means to uh, clients that are in the uh, internet business, sales business, uh, across states. I mean, it's uh, it's a big case. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, Scotty, why don't you start out and just uh, talk to me a little bit about at the high level what the case, uh, with what the facts of the case would be. Okay.
2: So the Wayfair case is actually a renewed case that was saw uh, seen by the South, Deco- South Dakota Department of Taxation that they ruled that they cannot impose sales and use taxes on out-of-state sellers, such as uh, just any online selling. If they don't have no physical presence, no actual building or employees there, they would not be allowed to impose any tax on that out of state company this Wayfair case is reish or reopening it, and it was recently granted cert with the Supreme Court the u s Supreme Court uh, earlier this year and that's what we saw was the beginning of the ar- arguments from South Dakota sure. and the Amazon Wayfair respondents. The biggest issue in this case is uh the physical presence. And it's going to affect every one of our clients because a lot of our clients are going to the online retailing and uh, nexus and thresholds are going to change after this Wayfair case due to just straight sales into a state. If you're just an online vendor, you only have a location in one state. That still, you might have implications for sales and use in other states.
0: So, physical presence is a is a new term for my vocabulary. I need to to use. So, how long has? And Joe, maybe throw this to you. How long has this case been been around? Seems like a, we've been hearing about the, you know, South Dakota versus Wayfair case for many years.
1: This particular case, South Dakota v. Wayfair, is a relatively newcomer in in the world of sales tax nexus. The the major last major case that got to the Supreme Court and actually had an impact. Uh, in a major way, was the Quill case. That was from the 90s. And so the Quill case is the case that kind of established that new vocab word, the physical presence, right? And so now this South Dakota v. Wayfair um, case is basically asking the question, shall we abandon that as our standard? And we can talk a little bit more about that. Or shall we go to a new standard, which is based entirely on your sales? And so if you are operating out of your your house in Ohio and all of your product is manufactured in China and it's shipped directly to a customer. You have no physical presence anywhere except for your Ohio house. Right now, most of the time, you're probably not filing in a number of states. They can't force you to do that. Um, However, if this case were to go through and South Dakota uh, were to become victorious in this case, That particular example, if they had sufficient sales in other states, they would have to file there, pay tax there, collect sales tax there, just based on the level of sales they have.
0: Scott, any idea when uh, the Supreme Court will make their final decision?
2: Their uh, expected decision is supposed to be somewhere around June, but... Um, listening in the case, the arguments from both sides and the justices, it doesn't seem like anything's going to be resolved anytime soon. Anytime soon. Both part, Both uh, sides were far off as, in my opinion.
0: Right, so. right. I'd like to invite our, our listeners to jump on YouTube. I think we have a couple pictures uh, posted in the background that they can kind of check and see the uh, the Ray team. It, it really doesn't look like you guys are working too hard uh, in those uh, photos. I thought you were going to work 24-7.
1: These are strategy sessions, Dave. I think you've been part of a couple of those here locally. And uh, they, they actually uh, are very useful in getting the whole team together and throwing ideas against the wall. It's uh, It was a great forum for us and a, just a great time.
0: Is that a uh, Ray and Associates koozie I see in one of the pictures? That
1: may be, yes.
0: Yes. We'll have to audit the uh, expense accounts when they uh, come flying <laughs> through here. So, what kind of odds does Vegas have on uh, on the outcome of this? Uh, are they going with uh, South Dakota? Are they going with Wayfair?
1: Well, you know, if I was a betting person, I, I would have to say, having, having listened to where the justices were, at least at the time that they were looking at the case when we were in their courtroom, uh, I would say that the winds are blowing. They're not going to change. Um, they're going to throw this one back to Congress. And say, hey, you know, this is this is something that's in your wheelhouse to be able to fix. Don't look at us to fix it because all we can do is say yes or no. You guys can actually do something more creative, something that will actually be a little more meaningful. I would say that's my my thought. I don't know, if, Scott, you want to add in what you think? But well,
0: maybe that- maybe I'll throw the question a different way. And you started down this path, Joe. But Scott, let me throw this to you. What what's likely to happen if South Dakota wins?
2: Uh, You're already seeing in a lot of states they're implementing laws and regulations based on just sales and thresholds that a lot of them are holding depending on or pending on the case outcome, but a a lot of states are already going that way to the threshold. So if you don't have any physical presence, but you sell a certain amount or certain amount of transactions into that state, that's going to cause you to file there too.
0: And Joe, what if
1: Wayfair wins? So if Wayfair wins, we get to keep the physical presence rule. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. So you might think if, if you're new to this kind of issue and you think about it and, you, and you, you say, well, physical presence, I think I know what that means. It means that I have something physically present in a state. So that's a person or maybe in a location. And okay, I understand that. I can wrap my head around that. Got it. And originally, that is kind of what the states decided that was, you know, that was the rule. Now they've gone, if you like, way off the deep end on this because they're restricted as far as what physical presence actually means. They can't, they can't break that and go to an economic presence kind of rule or treatment. And so now they're, they're thinking about doing, um, you know, if you go to a website and you go to a, let's say, an online seller's website, There's a cookie, a little computer file that's placed on your hard drive, on your computer. Your computer that's sitting in Ohio or California or Idaho or wherever it happens to be. And that cookie is a physical thing. And it's sitting on a computer that's in this state. And it definitely helps you do business because it saves shopping carts and shopping preferences and all those things of people who have come to your site. And so there's some talk that the states are going to move physical presence to that. Where if you have a website and you have online ordering, guess what? You have nexus in all 50 states because everybody has a website. Most people that have some kind of internet sales, you can do an online order. And the states are investigating whether or not to push the rule to that, that length. So, you know, if we look at it and we say, well, is, is a is a dollars or 100000 or $300,000 threshold preferable to saying if I have a website, Then I have Nexus in your state, right? So at this point, I think um, it it might even be a little better uh, if we go with the South Dakota version of the rule. So if Wayfair wins, uh, it's Wild West. And um, unfortunately for clients and and taxpayers and business owners, it's how do you figure it out? You really can't because they're inventing new ways to say you have presence.
0: So, so again, I think I heard both you guys say in some of your, your notes and, and presentation that um, Congress eventually will, will probably step in. Is there a bipartisan solution here? I mean, you guys are in Washington, D.C. You're now experts on this bipartisan stuff.
1: Yes, expert. So DC has had a number of pieces of legislation that have been proposed and have failed on um, something like a streamlined sales tax initiative that would um, further improve the ability of uh, business owners and taxpayers to interact with sales and use tax in a a more fair way, shall we say. And those have consistently died. Um, When they've been proposed, they're They go through a particular Congress, they die in committee, they die without having been voted on, they're re-proposed, and then they die again. And this continual birth and renewal and death cycle has been going on on this issue for so long now that it's pretty clear Congress is not going to act until someone forces them to. Is there something that they have that is a solution? There are some bare bones working things that they could definitely do, but they don't want to do them.
0: You know, as this thing uh, plays out, again, going back to some discussions we've had as a group, if you look at uh, 10 businesses, nine of those businesses have some kind of state and local tax issue, whether it's in their favor or greater risk, it sounds like this is going to do it all over again. I mean, it's just the numbers are going to be incredible. So let's talk about what, you know, and really the big question is, how is this case going to impact me? How is this case going to impact my business? Is there anything I can do to be proactive mm-hmm. about this? You've already mentioned I've got problems in my business with with some of the state and local taxes. This is going to make it worse. But what can I do starting today?
1: Yeah.
0: Joe, um, you go first. Okay. You seem to be grabbing that mic. You're ready to go. Scott, or, Scott's right. got his hand up. He's uh he you know, he's on deck. <laughs> All right, so— We got enough questions for both of you. Sure. I'm going to put the timer on you, Joe.
1: Okay, all right, quick. (laughs) So, one thing you could do, assume you have Nexus all over the place. That's what we do. Most clients that we talk about this issue to, we say, guess what? Phase one, Nexus done. You have Nexus everywhere.
0: Physical presence.
1: Because mostly it's true, right? If if you're going to a system of— If I have a website that I can order something on, I have Nexus. Well, guess what? I have Nexus. Okay, so what's next? Look and see where you have risk. So that's what we're doing now. That's what we suggest people to do is to look at it and say, well, if I have a risk of a $500 tax in state number one, do I care? I might not. If I have a $30,000 risk in state two, maybe I care. If I have a $300,000 risk in state three, I care. care. I need to do something about that. Yeah. And so you don't have to wait. The Wayfair case is about nexus. It's not about risk. If you have the nexus already, really, you should be managing toward risk, not whether or not you have nexus. So if you if you take that as a, as a thing, you know, for your business, assume you have nexus everywhere. Talk to your CPA and say, I've got nexus in all 50 states. What do I do? What's next? Where do I have exposure? That's the conversation that you want to start having because that is the conversation you will start having if South Dakota wins the Wayfair case.
0: You know, I—, I I always love to correct guests when they're wrong. Oh. Wow. when uh, And I'm going to make a correction. You said, uh, you know, clients should talk to their CPA. I'm going to say, no, CPA should be coming to you to talk about this. And I know your team, both both of you guys and your entire team is being very aggressive in this area. You're going out and talking to our clients, mm-hmm. being very proactive on this. Scott, maybe the next question for you would be, as we talk about this, we assume that a lot of these rules are based for online sellers online retailers online uh businesses but that's not necessarily the case it's it's all in
2: yeah that's true it, a lot of uh there was a case that came up with the amazon that was just directly related to online retailers but that i mean that's just a small piece this nexus regulation the wayfair case is going to impact any any brick and mortar store any type of business out there that's selling across multiple states and doing operations in multiple states so it's not just directly related to online retailers
0: and Scott I, I think I've heard you uh, we've had discussions on a particular client we've worked on together that um different rules for different states mm-hmm. and it and it drives you nuts mm-hmm. so What about a manufacturer who sells really big machines, but also sells parts? Would you like to take that one, Joe?
1: Yes, I can take that one. Okay. Uh, So, a a common fact pattern that we have found is we go to a client, because we're being proactive, and we bring these issues up, and they tell us, well, you know what, We, we sell these really large manufacturing machines, and... We ship them via common carrier. They're big or the, you know, the customer comes and they pick them up at our facility. And we don't have Nexus in all these places. We know we don't have physical presence. The next question that I asked them is, do you sell parts for your big machines? And they said, well, yes, we do. And I said, well, okay, so where do you sell those? How, how do customers, you know, interact and, and get those? we sell them via amazon we sell them via our website they can just go on they see the stock that we have and they make an order and then you know our team fulfills it and sends it out i said okay so you sell over the internet then all of your parts you're like yeah but they're not that expensive after all um really our money is is made through the the big manufacturing machines and and the the piece that they don't get is once you have it nexus you have it right so whether you get it um, kind of like a disease, whether you get it from a rusty nail or some other source, you have it. And the fact that you sell big machines that you may be selling in a way that you don't have nexus in the state, if you get it from something else, you have nexus with the state for those, sure. those big manufacturing sure. machines. So that's kind of a misconception that that some people have, that they can insulate the sales of the larger items by making sure they're paying attention to that, and then they forget about the other minor sales that right. they have.
0: Right, right. Do you mind if we, in uh, the next few minutes we have left, do you mind if we play uh, Stump the Guest? We have a little game we play every now and then called Stump the Guest. You guys mind if we play? That's, that sounds really fun, Dave. Yes. So let me give you an example. Let's say that, uh, you know, you know CPA firms aren't, uh, you know, exempt from sales tax, et cetera. You know, there's some things. But, but let's say that uh, I get a bill uh, from the producer of this podcast. Oh. Now— this, this bill I get from the producer of the podcast has two pieces to it. Mm-hmm. It has the consultation and the production. Okay. And then it has the storage of the podcast material. Mm. And I look at that invoice. Should that invoice have sales tax on it? Scotty, go for it.
2: Is the, are the items separately stated on the invoice?
0: Uh, no, they're, they're combined.
2: Then it would probably be taxable because the there's a piece in there that would be taxable of the storage of the data. So if you don't separate the taxable piece versus the non-taxable piece, the whole transaction is going to be taxable.
0: So the consulting piece, if it's separately stated, the consulting piece would be tax exempt.
1: Yes, in Ohio, uh, in Ohio, but of course there are other states that have different rules on that. Yes.
0: yes. Okay. So. The producer of our podcast is probably in uh, in uh, deep trouble. Would you say possibly?
1: This is a hypothetical. This is game a hypothetical question? game, right? Okay. Yes, Good.
0: yes. So again, in the um, in the next few minutes we have left, uh, just kind of give us uh, one or two highlights uh, to look forward to over the next couple months um, in our business regarding risk and sales tax or uh, various other local taxes. Scotty, you're up.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the biggest highlight is going to be once this Wayfair case determination comes out. Obviously, we're going to reach out to all our clients and um, anybody to <laughs> provide updates to this case. But definitely, we're already being proactive, going, uh, contacting new clients within uh, 30 to 60 days just to make sure that all their state and local taxes are you know, no issues already, so we're being proactive instead of reactive right now. But uh, the biggest highlight is going to be once this case is uh, determined, and then we're going to have a lot of work cut out for us.
1: Yeah, I would say that certainly the largest thing on the horizon is the Wayfair case and the planning coming from that. You've heard us talk a lot about sales tax. The Wayfair case is talking about Nexus with regards to sales tax. But As you may know, once you're in the system, once the state knows you're there, once the state knows your address, once the state can data mine you and pull items relating to your business, it's very easy for them to say, well, you know what? You have nexus in this other way for income tax. Um, Nexus is a very big topic. There's a lot of ways you can get nexus. A lot of them are are pretty difficult to diagnose and manage and keep track of um, by a single person or even a group of people at, at a company. Because you have to look at salesmen. Where do they go to states? Where do they go to, um, they go to different locations? And so really, that's the thing that you're looking for.
0: <laughs> Our guests today have been Joe Pop and Scotty Z from Ray & Associates State and Local Tax Consulting Team. And a wonderful presentation, guys. Thanks, uh, thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today. The possible implications of this case are incredible. Thank you for following this case so closely, guys, and your team. Uh, great effort. Great effort. Needs to say, listeners, if you have questions regarding the South Dakota v. Wayfair case, you can email us at podcast at RayCPA.com, or you can contact Joe or Scott directly. Their contact information can be found on www.RayCPA.com. We will be sure to have you guys back after final decision has been made. In the meantime, share this episode with your friends and colleagues and please subscribe to Unsuitable on Ray Radio on iTunes or anywhere you're listening to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box.
2: The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.